Dan and Corey here, welcoming you in to Libservative. The great fundamental issue now before our people. We, the people, cannot turn that. Yeah, welcome in to another rousing edition of Libservative. We're all set up. We got Bell's audio fixed. He's Corey Walsh. He's Dan Griffin. And then that's uh, Bell. We got Bell over here. Way back there, Bell the Body Snatcher, uh, the newest the newest member of our team. He's got fresh blood on his clothes. We're all ready to go. <laughs> True story. <laughs> you know, it's funny. These people are going to think we're kidding, but he really does have fresh blood on his clothes. <laughs> Now they're really going to think you're kidding because they're going to be like, mm-mm, ain't no way. Oh, you know who else has fresh blood on the mind right now, Corey? Who? Uh, Me. Tim Pool haters. Oh, Tim Pool haters. <laughs> Tim Pool's giving up. He's quitting. Uh, and He's because, throwing in the towel. Because he He's has taking no, off the hat so no one can recognize him. He basically has no sense of humor and backed himself <laughs> into an ideological corner. And then when his values caught up with him, he wondered why the people that... Why he was sad. All of a sudden hate him. Uh, Anyway, great Twitter feed. But before we get into any of this, any of this stuff, Corey, tell the people all the places in which they can find us. Well, Dan, Libservative Podcast is found on all social media podcast platforms. (laughs) Our website is LibservativeShow.com. We can be found at Libservative on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Instagram and Twitter at LibservativePod. Our TikTok videos can be found at Libservative Podcast, and you can reach out directly at libservativepod at gmail.com. Subscribe today. Subs- not tomorrow. No, just do it right now. Just do it real quick. Just push that button. Yesterday, preferably, if you know a Tim Pool fan, please send them our way. Yeah, hey, if you're if you're a previous Tim Pool fan, welcome. You know, he's obviously thrown in the towel, so it's gonna create a vacuum for all his listeners. And you can come hang out with us. We don't grift, so if you're looking for grifters, go hang out with Crowder or the Daily Wire. But <laughs> I don't. Even here. Know. Or, or what, what's 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 a left grift? Pod Save America. Ooh, that's brutal. Oof. That's that's a rough one. Or uh, uh, David Pakman. David Pakman is another Ooh. interesting uh, interesting one on the left. That's not even. Does really Occupy Democrats have a podcast? Uh, they probably do, but we would never subject our brains to even two minutes of that nonsense. Uh, my, my take on Tim pool is, is pretty simple. Uh, a have a sense of humor. That's, that's like number one. And then B don't back yourself into an ideological corner, right? Cause we've had this situation where, uh, Oh, here's the thread. And then all the, the people talking. Oh yeah. Yeah. He's, 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 he's got, you need some fucking Zoloft or something. This guy, this guy's lost it. He had, he had like a 12 tweet thread about why he should, should I shut down Twitter. Hey, real quick, go back up to that one. Go back up to that. Should I shut down Twitter and just click? Yes. <laughs> That's the, or should I shut down Tim Castor at Twitter? Oh, I'm not even logged in. Uh, That's all right. I oh I took God. this poll like ten minutes ago, and it was fifty six percent yes he should shut down Timcast, and forty four percent no. So that go back up you- to his face real quick. You can just see it. Look how sad he looks. 
His problem is probably just looks sad. His problem, <laughs> oh God, his bald head underneath that hat. His problem is that he takes himself too seriously. Like that's he takes himself too seriously. He's backed himself into an ideological corner, right? Because we've talked about this on the left before, right, Corey? Where like the like the the woke snake starts to kind of begin to eat its own tail on the left, right? We've seen a lot of this, right? Um, to where people that were previously on the left uh, are suddenly getting quote unquote canceled. It's it's it happens on the right too, right? So like when you when you tie yourself to people on the cultural right and you build this fan base of people that just hate leftism or whatever it is, you know, fucking hate socialism or hate wokeism or whatever and you and you make that your fan base, well now when your values catch up to your message and they don't intertwine anymore, you end up in in the place that Tim Pool is in to where he is he's 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 lost. He's absolutely lost. And that's yeah. That you you kind of feel bad for him a little bit. A little, a little bit. If he, ha- if maybe I he had a sense of humor. I was never a Tim. A never a Tim guy. I don't know what his shows in the beginning were like. I don't know if there was like a snowball effect to where there was a point in the beginning where he had good intentions, and then it just he saw just low hanging fruit, you know, of grifting to a certain sect, to where now he's finally at this point where he's like, I'm just not happy. Because that's ultimately what this is. That's the only reason he even saying this. He's just he's not happy with what he's doing right now. Yeah, and, and but I, actually, that's the thing is like he knows he's making money doing this, but he's not happy. Yeah, and I mean, you, you, I don't know like, if it's a matter of maybe he's he's just been he's just he's just been dishonest with himself for too long, because like Tim Pool and I, we were talking about this before the show. He's gotten a couple of things right. His coverage of COVID lockdowns very, very early on was good. Like, he nailed it. Um, and the other one was the Kyle Rittenhouse situation. And, and, and you and I talk about this on and off once in a while uh, about how there are actually still people out there that think Kyle Rittenhouse is a fucking murderer. I know. There and they think that he murdered still- black people. <laughs> that makes it even worse. That makes it even worse. there's people that still think that. When you know he was defending himself, he killed white people, one of which was a pedophile, and the other, and another one of which was attacking him with a firearm. <laughs> and then so. the third one was attacking him with a uh, skateboard. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. Is this R.I.P. Tim Pool? I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't mean that literally. I don't want Tim Pool to die. I'm not that big of an asshole. I'm just. Yeah. yeah. Who are you? Who are you, Lauren Bo- Lauren Bobert? Sitting about, on a church stage, talking about his show. Talking about a. Uh, yeah, there's been a reckoning in conservative media lately, hasn't there been? Is this is this a, is this a is this more people recognizing that there's a either a grift going on or cuz I don't honestly I don't think Tim Pool's a grifter. As much as I, I think don't so. as much as I don't as much as I don't like Tim Pool, I don't think he's a grifter. I do think he honestly cares about the things that he discusses on his show. The problem I have with Tim Pool is that he takes himself way too seriously, and he has absolutely no sense of humor, and he's backed himself into a corner. Honestly, if I had a private conversation with Tim Pool, we'd probably get along. I'd right? probably get along with him. I really probably would. But man, his content makes me want to throw up. <laughs> that, makes, that makes I don't know. Anyway, that was how I didn't I didn't mean to start the show that way, Corey. We can we can move on unless you have something to add. Nope. <laughs> you, had to think about it. you had to think about it for a second. 
You had to think about it like I had to think about it, and I was like, uh, no, not really. Like, what do you mean you shit on Tim Pool three weeks in a row now? Like, yeah, I shit on Tim Pool. That's because I have a fucking sense of humor. Sorry. <laughs> and, and hair. <laughs> and hair. Yeah, I showed that. Uh, yeah, sorry, not sorry. Uh, Corey, what are you drinking? What are you consuming? Um, so currently, Although those are the same thing. Yes, I am drinking some. We need to figure out a way to get these people to sponsor us for propagating these things that become vices and kill people. Any whiskey uh, company. I'm drinking some Rabbit Hole Cave Hill. This is just a damn good bourbon. It has a nice smoky, smooth taste to it. Nice, nice vanilla. And then you uh, get some champagne of beers mm. to wash it down. And then consuming... So I was actually thinking about this in the car ride home today because I feel like I haven't really consumed shit. Uh, <laughs> That's good. Right. You know, like I, I'm now a week and a half behind on The Last of Us. We, me and the wife got to catch up and watch a couple episodes of that. Um, oh, you mean that, you mean that uh, as Matt Walsh would call it, that super gay show? <laughs> Is that what he called it? Yeah, it's just, it's just gay. <laughs> I guess I need, I'm excited about episode four. Only because my, uh, Steve the Serb was telling me that uh, in the, in the, there's a point in the episode where they're in a car and they pop in some Hank Williams. And, you know, that's always a soft spot for me, that country music. But uh, other than that, I've been assuming some of Joe Hurtler and the Rainbow Seekers. It's a local band who's getting kind of popular. It's like a jam band. It's good music. If you like jam bands and you like, like let's say, like Houndmouth. And stuff like that. I'm trying. I'm trying to think about the jam bands that are. I have like, no idea what the fuck you're talking about. Right you never now. heard of Joe Hurtler and the Rainbow Seekers? <laughs> I've heard the name. I can't, I couldn't tell you anything about them. They make good music. The oh, guy he wears okay. these like crazy wings that are like rainbows. I'm more, of a, <laughs> I'm more of a fan of Robert Randolph and the Family Band. Honestly, you know what? I think you might actually got me on that one, Dan. I don't know who that is. You don't know who Robert Randolph is, do you? He Robert no. Randolph is the best. Uh, the the best is he? Fuck! Now I forget what slide guitar slide guitar player in the world, bar none. Ooh, you grabbed my attention, bar none. Look up Robert Randolph. I don't know if he still has the family band anymore, but Robert Randolph on the slide guitar. Wait, wait, wait! Best slide guitar, like right now or ever. I don't know about that's ever, but certainly huge right now. Huge assumption. Certainly right oh, now. A... Certainly right now. There's nobody better than Robert Randolph. He's been around for like 20 years. I bet you I could find a better one. Right now. All right. Well, right first now. you got to listen to Robert Randolph. You don't even know. I guess so, yeah. We just lost our entire fucking audience. <laughs> <laughs> all, all zero of them. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah. And that that's pretty much it. Should we incorporate Bell in the uh, consumption and... Is he ready for us? He's over there really focused. I don't know. What's he been I am consuming? Focused. What, you been what consuming? am I consuming? You gotta turn his mic up, Corey. Uh no, I just gotta get closer. There you go. That's better. What I have is You can fix his audio. <laughs> some small badge nineteen seventeen ninety two. Yeah. I can hold to the camera it, for you. It would be yeah, so much that. better if it was nineteen seventy two. I don't know. The Nixon I wasn't special. Around in 1792. <laughs> the, the, Nick, the Nixon barrel. <laughs> and then. Oh yeah, what's that mead taste like? I haven't even tried it yet. He's got some mead. You don't can pop that up. Don't worry about it. We get you. <sighs> Drinking some Viking blood. Viking blood. Viking blood. 
Vi- uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a misprint. It's a local brewer. He made it himself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know why that made me laugh so hard. <laughs> he made he made it, he made it using the using the blood on his on his body snatcher cloak. I just wrung it out in <laughs> into a funnel. Ring it out. And here it's here for you to drink. <laughs> I might have to try to, I'm gonna definitely gonna tap into that while we're doing this. I'm gonna tap into that in about three minutes. So uh and, and you what are you drinking, Dan? Did you already say that? Dude Fuck, we're already off the rails. I am three quarters of the way in the bag already because I am drinking <laughs> a barrel pick of Elijah Craig single barrel from one of my one of my uh wonderful customers uh this is from sunshine market and it is 132.4 proof i am halfway through an ounce and a half and i am feeling it (laughs) sounds like you use your blood for some mead but it's not even the thing about it is it's not even it doesn't feel like it's that heavy in alcohol it's got it's very smooth nice smoky flavor a little bit of cedar in there. I love it. I love it already. I, I need to be very, very careful. You excited for the Super Bowl? Not really, because I can't root for anything Philadelphia because their fans are horrible, as you demonstrated in our text thread earlier on TikTok. They, oh, yeah. <laughs> they basically have the worst, uh, the most annoying sports fans in all the world. And then I really can't stand Patrick Mahomes, the quarterback for the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. And it's not even because I can't stand him. It's because I can't stand his fiance or wife. I don't even know if they're married now. She's man. She's pretty. I awful. said the same thing. She's his pretty. Brother, awful. his wife, his whole little entourage. They're all grifting off of Patrick Mahomes and his. Oh. His he's a great quarterback. I, I mean, I love watching the guy play. But <laughs> anyway, so yeah, I'm, gonna just, I'm, gonna, <laughs> I'm just gonna get hammered and eat a lot of smoked meats. Oh, that sounds Sunday. good. We're doing oh, a lot yeah. of. I'm uh, going over to my brothers for the game, and uh, we're gonna be making a bunch of fried wings and stuff like that. And I could give two shits about either team. I was really pulling for the Lions this year. I just hope I win a square. You know what I mean? There you go. Don't anybody cares. I do it. Everyone, like everyone I know that has squares, like I finally, I guess it's my fault for reaching out too late. But they're all like, "Oh, our squares are full." Yeah, you gotta be, you gotta be. Focus squares are full. You can make your own. And I guess that's my fault for asking on the Friday before the Sunday game. <laughs> Here, hold but, on. Tip of advice. Always ask after the playoff game. As soon as you know who's going to the Super Bowl, start looking for squares. That's probably a good idea. What can even be before that? Because all you do is you just True. make you just make the lines, NFC, AFC, and then you just randomize the Super Bowl squares. Because at the end of the day, it's all pretty random anyway. But anyway. I'm gonna start I'm gonna start asking on Monday. <laughs> if anyone has any squares for the Super Bowl. Super Bowl squares for next year. Uh, anyway, as far as what I'm consuming, Corey, it's actually a, a pretty pretty big topic in, in your community, not so much mine. Hogwarts Legacy. I am not a gamer at, by any stretch of the imagination. I do, I do I enjoy playing certain sports games. I'm a Madden player. I like to play golf games. I play FIFA. You know, sports games are, are generally where I go, and I just kind of pick them up and put them down as, I, as I'm bored or whatnot. It's very, very rare that I want to play a game that is outside of the sports realm. But 
This is one that I was intrigued by. I downloaded it. I've been playing it. I've got about six hours of playtime into this thing. Is this your first RPG? No. I, 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 oh. I loved Mafia 2. was a great game for the Xbox 360. Uh, I never finished it, but I liked both Red Dead Redemptions. So I'm, I'm familiar with the genre. Uh, this game is maybe the Velma of the video game world. And, uh, yeah. <clears throat> that everyone kind of hates it. Oh, look at that ranking, though. What do we got so, here? I can have to disagree. So yeah, this is so. This is what. Uh, yeah, I, okay. So based on this, based on the uh, the ratings, Bell says he disagrees with you because it actually has phenomenal ratings. Where Velma has shit ratings. Well, that's. I mean, I didn't put this. I didn't put this in the lower third here. But what I meant to say was that it's basically the Velma of the gaming world, except good. <laughs> Oh, because <laughs> and the fact that because yeah, the right shitting on it because there's like a couple trans characters and gay characters, so, and the left hates it because they think J.K. Rowling is literally trying to go down alleyways with knives and kill trans. Yeah, people. anything J.K. Rowling is basically a precursor to genocide of gender divergent persons is pretty much how folk how folks on the cultural <laughs> left feel about anything related to J.K. Rowling, and so. As I'm playing through this game, I ran into the trans character that folks on the right are freaking out about. I don't even know, I don't even know how much they're freaking out, but I've seen Matt Walsh post about it. Not Mel, not Matt Welch, but Matt Walsh uh, post about it. I've seen a couple of other uh, conservative media outlets post about the fact that oh my god, there's a trans character in this game. They're 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 grooming your children, and so I'm playing through this game, and I run into this character, and I texted you guys about it. It is absurd, right? To freak uh, out about this character. Bell scrolling through the comments right now. The one stars are those like, like genuine? Like they're actually talking about the platform and like I've the f- noticed it's about like leveling. It's about the game. Oh, interesting. Okay, it's about the game. It's Honestly, actually about the, the graphics game. are like a PS3, like a PS3 game. Really disappointed. I don't uh, know. <laughs> not many. I don't know. I'm enjoying it so far. I, I don't know what. I don't know what else to say. The game is too short. Oh, did somebody finish it already? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, dude. And dude, if a game releases within 12 hours, there's someone that's already finished it. That's insane. I want that's to absurd. give this game. I want to give this game a good rating, but I can't. Pause cutscenes or dialogue, only skip it until it's fixed. You get one star. Yeah, they're not like hate <laughs> comments. Oh, they're actual legitimate uh, uh, reviews. It has nothing yeah. to do. It has nothing to do with any sort of political. I have not read one review that had to do with J.K. Rowling. See, that's and that's just it, right? So you know for a fact that th- this is like one of those situations. Hey, where bright, you, nice. This is one of those situations where you know that. The internet and real life are not the same, right? Because everybody was was all up in arms about the fact that you know whatever J.K. Rowling is a, a transphobe and a Jew hater and a racist and whatever the hell else she supposedly is. But all of the reviews that Bell just pulled up there, none of them have anything to do with any ideological stuff. And so it what leads me what it leads me to believe is that the gaming community doesn't doesn't care about that shit they just want a good video game yeah it it, it depends 
I was hoping to get a hold of uh, Steve DeSerb, our video game correspondent, to uh, break down <laughs> this stuff. <laughs> yeah, the gaming correspondent. Because he was talking about how, like, in, like, Facebook groups and all these different groups, like, people are just shitting all over this. I guess there was a website that was created that was trying to call out the people who were streaming it on Twitch. And a bunch of, like, some guy on, like, people in the comments were talking about how this is literally trying to hurt and marginalize the trans community. And what's interesting is it looks like all of that stuff, like, like this couple with Velma, it looks like all of that culture war stuff is finally starting to subside. Well, no, it's it's finally starting to be exposed for what it actually is, which is just clout gaining fucking nonsense. Because when you like all of the reviews that Bell just pulled up were all about the actual video game, like people that were shitting on it were talking about gameplay, we're talking about graphics, we're talking about how short the game was, things that are actually related to the game. So I'm not gonna. I disagree, but I'm again. I'm not a. I'm not a gamer, so like I'm enjoying it. And but yeah. So you're yeah. If you if you're only putting in one or two hours every other day into a game, then it's going to take a long time for you. So it doesn't seem short. But I but look if at there's this, people who I look at this and I go. Uh, I mean the 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 issues that the cultural left has about this game, about it being, you know, transphobic. And the only reason they're saying that is because it's related to a story told by J.K. Rowling. But you're going to lose because Potter is a is an unbelievable franchise. I mean, it is it is our generation. I know you're not as into Harry Potter as me, Corey. I'm a, an unapologetic Potter nerd. But it is our generation's version of Star Wars. Would you agree with that? Oh shit! Uh, yeah. So here, so here's the kind of stuff that. Uh... Well, I'm sorry. Yeah, so, so Potter is our generation of what? Our, it's our generation Star Wars or Lord of the Rings. Yeah, it's an expansive universe. It has a bunch of stuff to it. There's a lot, like, there's a lot of stuff that just could keep getting. It's a prophetic. It's a like prophetical that. story, right? The story is rooted in anti-Semitic tropes. The gameplay feels dated. The graphics one. feel like they're a couple of generations behind. All the characters are one-dimensional. It doesn't stay true to the established lore. Every character feels like an off-brand version of the characters we know and love. There's no sense of place, no magic, no heart. Okay. It's a fucking video game, guys. <laughs> It's it's you know it's a it's a it's a game that you that you have to play through. It's not a movie. No, it's it's a role playing game. You're creating your own character as you role play. Well, and I feel that way about so since I am a Potter nerd, I will tell you that the Fantastic Beasts series. There's been three movies made. They're fucking atrocious. Oh really? They're absolutely awful. They're they're lazy. They're <clears throat> there's no. There's no there's there's no depth to any of the character buildup in those three films, uh, and then the thing that people freaked out about was and, Dumbledore. I mean, spoiler alert! You know the latest movie uh, is that Albus Dumbledore is gay. Now here's the thing: that has been a fan theory for a long time. Oh no shit! For a long time, Dumbledore being gay was a fan theory. It's not surprising that didn't bother me at all. In fact, even if you're right wing or culturally right, 
and you don't think that stuff should be in movies, it is a really underplayed part of the Fantastic Beast films. It's just kind of under the radar. It's not something that's featured in the plot, if that makes sense. So that kind of brings me back to the things that the cultural right think is, thinks is wrong with this game, which is that you had a, like a screenshot of the supposedly trans character put on you know Matt Walsh's Twitter, Ben Shapiro's Twitter. They're coming for your kids. They're trying to they're try the children, Corey. We have to worry about the children. Am I right? What? Think? God damn! Will someone think of the children? You want to? You want? You want me to tell you about this character that they're freaking out about? Yeah, go ahead. I'm gonna tell you. It's gonna take me about thirty seconds. You I'm ready? never gonna play this game, so I don't give a shit. This is Serona, the bartender, who Potter fans will 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 know the three broomsticks. It's the place where the characters get butter beer in Hogsmeade. She's the bartender. I've seen her once so far in this game. The only thing that would suggest that this character is trans is the fact that she has a deep voice. (laughs) That's it. There's no mention of her being trans within the game. She's not reading a book in a library to children? No, not not doing that. Not doing that. She just looks like a woman, like like a woman, tending bar, with a deep voice that sounds like it may be voiced by a man. That's it. I shit you not, Corey. That's it. That's the only thing that would lead you to believe she's trans. Now, later on, you get into... Uh, there's, a, there's a quest outside the castle. Hold on, I'm trying to find my note here. Where you run into... I don't have it, but it doesn't matter. You run into a lesbian character. And the only reason you know she's a lesbian is because she mentioned she has a wife named Priya. And that's it. <laughs> that's it. So that's funny. The outrage it's it's this thing where the outrage from the right is like it's it's the cultural right is it's kind of starting to grasp at straws a little bit. Like cuz there have been gay characters in films forever. Right. And yeah, yeah. no, and it's it's interesting that uh the whole, I think the whole like cultural war shit that was at like, it's like precipice, like during the George Floyd protests and things like that, it's kind of subsided. And like I mentioned this before in the pre-show uh, that like when George Floyd was murdered by police, um, everyone took a stance, corporations and everything. But then fast forward two years later and you're seeing like when Roe v. Wade was uh, struck down by the Supreme Court, you didn't see a bunch of corporations come out and try to placate to their audience to grift, to say, hey, we're for this. Make sure you buy our product. And it seems like a lot less people are just succumbing to like the culture war nonsense. Which is great for me because we can actually get into some meat and actually some politics again. We, You and I have even gotten wrapped up on not so much into the culture war, but we've just been ta- spending a lot of time on talking shit <laughs> about the culture war itself. Well, and I think it's been helpful. I think we need more of that. It just, just understanding the nonsense behind it and just understanding, you know, so something I thought about yesterday was when you know you can't take people seriously. 
I, I, I have this like I guess I guess you could you could call it the, the the line of no return, right? So you have one on the left and you have one on the right, the cultural right and the cultural left. Anyone that believes that Kyle Rittenhouse is a racist murderer, you are below that line. You can't be taken seriously because you haven't even done. Hold on, I'm let me finish, Corey, and I'll let you go. You haven't even done the bare minimum of actually trying to understand what happened during the Kyle Rittenhouse situation. So that's the one on the left, right? If you believe Kyle Rittenhouse is a racist murderer, you can't be taken seriously. And the one on the right actually relates to George Floyd. The one on the right is you can't be taken seriously if you have any sort of defense for what Derek Chauvin did on that day. Oh, there was fentanyl in his system. Yep. Yep, there's, there's, like, that's yeah. the line. So, like, I won't even begin to have a conversation with you if you are on the underside of each of those lines on the cultural left or the cultural right, because you're not even trying to pay attention to what's actually You're going not on. even attempting to have an ob- objective point of view. What should we call that? Should we call that the, 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 the Floyd Rittenhouse line? The Floyd Rittenhouse watermark? I think we've I think we've established it. The Floyd Rittenhouse line. If you're below the Floyd Rittenhouse line, you can't be taken seriously. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I'm gonna write that down. The Floyd Rittenhouse line. That's good. It sounds really scientific. Yeah, it's a it's a barometric <laughs> switch to figure out where you're at exactly and whether or not you're actually trying to have good faith conversations. I'm right I'm, I'm writing um, it down. Perfect segue. This leads right into this one right here. We're going to get to this before we get to the old man yelling at Cloud. I love it. It's just a smooth segue, right? <laughs> I love it. Uh, I love how we always have flawless smooth segues, but then we acknowledge it and it just completely ruins the segue <laughs> every goddamn time. It's part of our brand. DeSantis, the DeSantis handling of culture wars, touting limited government while growing the power of the state. Now I got to rearrange my notes here. I don't know if you want to oh, go, ahead shit. And go ahead and get started. I guess I'll take the lead. Yeah, you will. Yeah, so basically we're it. talking about how DeSantis, it, it kind of encompasses the idea we talk about when we say uh, the right doesn't really have anything they stand for. They just let you know by freaking out about every damn thing of what they're against. And DeSantis is slowly just getting consumed with this culture war nonsense to where we're probably going to see a Twitter, a Tim pool style Twitter feed from him talk about how he wants to quit. It's interesting. You say that. And I'm going to, uh, somebody that has been absolutely destroyed by the cultural left. Uh, Jordan Peterson had some comments against DeSantis. Maybe we can get bell to pull that up. He was on, uh, he was on Rogan talking about this shitting on uh DeSantis's uh handling of canceling CRT and other things like this and again it's it's anti-free speech i don't know if we need the video but maybe just the the comments but uh i look at DeSantis and i've always thought the same thing about him which is basically just that he is Donald Trump without the Donald Trumpiness. Yeah, does the that, flair. Does that make sense? And maybe it that's does. better. I mean, it's probably better. It's probably better than actual Trump. But this, so 
if, if we can talk about some of his bands, and these are some of the, the things that even somebody like Jordan Peterson, who the left hates, has an issue with. The band, you know, the, the, the quote-unquote CRT band. And here's the problem with this. When you try to ban critical race theory in schools, the issue is, and Jordan Peterson says this himself, how can you define how can you how can you ban something that you can't even fucking define? Nobody fucking can define critical race theory. People try to give like simple explanations for what critical race theory is, but nobody can actually do it. And the problem with that is that it it, it lends itself to uh, it it does lend itself to racist ideology, right? It does lend itself to, oh, well, I guess we just can't have black history in the school anymore. There is a slippery slope there. And so that's just one. Obviously, the word Latinx, like you can't fucking ban a word, dude. <laughs> you can't just you can't just ban a word. I hate it. The Latino community hates it. The court of public opinion will figure that out. You can't just ban the word. And I think the one I had the biggest issue with is banning preferential hiring. You saw this one? So I just, I didn't see that one, but I just asked uh, chat GPT what critical race theory is. And it said, it is an intellectual movement and framework for examining the ways in which race and racism intersect with other forms of oppression and privilege, such as class, gender, and sexuality. And emerged with within legal scholarship in the United States in the late 1970s and early 1980s as a response to what its founders, to what its founders saw as the limitations of traditional civil rights approaches to addressing racial inequality. CRT argues that laws and legal institutions have been historically and, con- and continue to be used as tools of oppression, particularly against communities of color, and that these dynamics are deeply intertwined with the broader systems of white supremacy and privilege. Oh CRT scholars aim to uncover the ways in which racism operates within the law and society more broadly, and to advocate for more just and adequ- equitable outcomes. In recent years, CRT has become a topic of significant public debate, particularly in the United States, with some critics arguing that the divisiveness, that the divisive and that it is divisive and promotes a form of reverse discrimination, while supporters argue that it provides a necessary critique of systematic racism and a framework for addressing it. Now explain to me what you just read. Basically, it's just acknowledging <laughs> that, like, hey, there might be some racism in the country. Let's yeah. talk about it, right? Like, isn't that what that sounds like, basically? We know this. We know this. You don't, you don't need critical race theory for that. But that's the problem. As soon as you give something a label... And you and you take a topic or anything that has like a, a wide broad like like a wide broad topic that has a bunch of intricacies to it, and you try to take all that and scrunch it up into one thing. And we literally did it even worse than a tweet. We put it into three letters. Try to scrunch it into a tweet. Yeah, yeah. It makes it easy for people to they have to either be for it or against it because it's the culture war that we're in. Bell pulled up something here. You pulled up a comment. What was this? Oh, pull up the comments from the Jordan Peterson video where he bashes DeSantis. Here, oh, it is. we'll pull up the video. You got the actual video? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Why the hell not? Just play it. Oh, it's from Breaking Point. Oh it's shit! It's Breaking, Breaking Point. Our Rogan friends at Breaking Point. Peterson on uh, of course is seen as Trump's 
primary rival in terms of getting the nomination. Uh, as you guys probably know and followed in the news, DeSantis has banned the AP African-American history course from being taught in Florida schools, obviously incredibly controversial move. And uh, Peterson brought it up and took issue with it. Let's take a listen to the argument that he Thank makes. you, Crystal Ball. Once you get to the point where the government has to step in and regulate, say, what education systems are doing, you're already in deep trouble. And because it can't, I don't see how it can really be done. Because I, I can't define critical race theory. You know, I mean, put that more or less, two-tone suit the stupidest as well. cloud of ideas that's associated with it. But you don't know about this? I'll trying to draw yeah. the lines. How are you going to do that? And then, of course, you enable, inevitably, no matter what your goal is to begin with, you're going to control a certain form, let's say, of pathological communication, misinformation. That's just going to play into the hands of people who like to censor, and that's just as likely on the right as it is on the left. Mm. So, no, it's a real dangerous game. And is the problem like the term critical race theory is it's open to interpretation? Yeah, well, it's often even hard, except in retrospect, to understand a lot of what these things actually are, you know, because new clouds of ideas emerge and they kind of have an animating spirit and they, ha they have a set of associated what would you say presumptions and you can often only see what that is in retrospect so yeah i mean that is jordan peterson the right-wing horrible human being who was wearing the uh, heaven and hell suit by the way Corey, in case you weren't aware oh is that what that is yeah uh, he, yeah he articulated in a much more person who has a higher degree of knowledge than me when it's that phd at the end of his name but he basically was saying what i was saying is it's kind of this convoluted thing where it can't be properly articulated well later on a lot of people putting input into it later on he brings up he he brings up kant about the, you know the idea of if you're going to fight monsters make sure you're not going to turn into a monster yourself i almost sounded like jordan peter if you're going to fight monsters make sure you it's don't not turn immediately into a monster clear to me. yourself it's not immediately clear to me that, <laughs> that ron DeSantis won't turn into a monster himself so no like but that's a that's a great that's a great place to go with this because the, one of the things that you know, I mean, if you're if you're on the cultural left, you're going to shit on Jordan Peterson no matter what. Yeah, but like like what did I say in the uh, the the our, our uh, message feed the other day when you said something and I was trying to shit on you and I was trying so hard to shit on you that I ended up shitting all over myself. Oh, you mean the title of the episode? Newton's third law applies to politics. <laughs> equal and opposite reaction. So yeah, so when you when you when you're trying to fight monsters be sure you don't turn you don't turn into a monster yourself like that is what i'm kind of seeing from Rhonda santis's policies yeah. like you go you go from this like okay crt is really hard to explain and we probably shouldn't be teaching it in k through 12 and i agree with that because fucking law law school students can't really understand it so why do you think k through 12 students But was it a selective class I don't know, but but what ends up happening if you try and ban it, which is what I'm getting at, is that now it kind of takes on this this racist and then even like homophobic uh, ties to it. If you go too far the wrong direction, now it turns from okay, no CRT to well, how much Black history do we want to teach? Right, yeah, stuff like that, like. In the learning environment, it's it's not a good learning environment when you have a teacher just trying to openly express something that she feels he or she ha feels like they have to walk on eggshells. And then I think the the only other thing I had about DeSantis was you know the book banning thing, dude. 
I, yeah, what's I, up, I, Nazi? You want to talk about fascism? I here's the thing: is like if you want to if you want to ban certain books in public school libraries, okay, it's silly. I don't agree with it, but go ahead. But what happens when now that expands to all of your public libraries? Yeah, wait, way to set a precedent to where if you lose and a Democrat gets in. Oh yeah. Now, now they could just ban books under your laws. Now 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 Ayn Rand is not going to be sold anywhere. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> you you like like Jordan Peterson said about uh when you're fighting monsters, don't become one yourself. That was that was a, a Kantian quote. But uh it's it, no it is. It's 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 uh then now like Oklahoma's doing this shit too. Oklahoma banned the word Latinx. It's like, what's worse? <laughs> this shitty word that the Hispanic community has completely disavowed Latinx or the fucking government banning the word? Look at these books that they banned in this county. Duval County, Florida. Is this is this the school district or is this all libraries? The entire dis or the entire county. Wow. Every school in the county. There's lullabies in here. Baron Same Bears. And the big question. Berenstain Bears and the big question. What's the big question? Yeah, go ahead and Google it. Find out what the big question is. <laughs> what is what is the big question in Berenstain, Berenstain Bears? Berenstain Bears and the big question. No, look, it's fucked up. I mean, you can't sit there and, and go, uh, I, I'm pushing for, for more limited federal government and then exercising the power of the state under the guise of, quote, unquote, protecting our children. Yeah, it's yeah, it's 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 fucked up. His, uh, you know, in earlier in the year, one of my hot takes was that DeSantis, if he ran for president, he would win. And he's that very, very quickly shooting himself in the foot. And then instead of accidentally getting a misfire in the foot and going and getting help from uh, the hospital, he's reloading the gun and shooting it again to make sure he really did it in the first time. Here we go. Bell's got the Berenstein Bears up. And the big question. Oh, is it about like whether or not God exists? That's what I'm getting from the yep. cover. That's weird that they would ban that. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> it's, it's someone, Jonathan Fredman, Friedman says, it's just one of a whopping, wait, go back up to that real quick. It's just one of a whopping 176 titles that were ordered out of the classroom in a Florida district. The books were part of a large collection oh. and to add diverse and inclusive literature to classrooms. They were ordered off shelves in January for extra review. Oh my God. Cause that's the thing. That's where we should be. Like, instead of trying to shout, like, you know me, I'm, I'm a big time free speech absolutist only because of the very sake that I think that it's an insult to my intellect when someone else tells me that I can't read something because I'm not smart enough to decipher it and, and be able to actually like indulge in it and then not become some sort of crazy uh, extremist. The book was there for perspective. You need as many perspectives as possible about anything to in, to create your own opinion on things. And, and when you're sh when you're shutting a bunch of these perspectives out, you're just basically building a fast track to make a group thought or a group think. 
to where people are going to only think one way, like, oh, that's fun. Let's have a bunch of people in Florida thinking the exact same way because they can only read six books. I'm glad we have a third person here. Can you guys handle this for a minute while I go take a piss? Already? (laughs) Yeah, dude, it's bad. It's because the bladder of a. It's because I'm drinking this fucking hundred high alcohol whiskey. It's because I'm drinking this hundred thirty-two proof fucking rocket fuel. I'll be right back. You guys can handle it. I trust you. (laughs) (laughs) You fucked up. All right, well, I, I found the reason anyways why they banned the book in the Barons, St. Bears, and the Big Question. Mama and Papa explain the concept of God to Stan and Jan. The book takes a largely Christian perspective on the issue and resolves a narrative with the, exist- the existence of God. So, yeah, so here's, here's why I have such a big issue with blocking anything like that is the fact that this book on its own might have one perspective that goes in one way, even if it's narrow in a sense, oh, well, God was the one who created things. You know what I mean? But the book is going to be on the shelf next to other books who have a completely different view of the world. And that's the point of reading and gaining knowledge. And why like the principle of school is supposed to be not, uh, it's supposed to teach you how to think, not what you think, because Kids aren't supposed to just read this book one and done, and then their knowledge is done. You're supposed to like and to become like someone who has, who's knowledgeable in fields and to be smart into things like that. You read about a vast array of things. It could be reading this book, and then reading one that regards atheism, and then reading this book or one that regards Islam or Judaism or all these different things. And now this whole piece is removed from that. So what you're doing is you're only hurting the kids by removing something that could be a part of knowledge for them as they grow up and form and cultivate their own perspectives and ideologies as they grow up and become someone as a functioning adult. I'm back. That wasn't going to wait. So you kind of hit the nail on the head there anyways, because it's kind of like people forgot what books existed for in the first place. Yeah. To expand knowledge. No, they're there. They're there to uh, groom your to, children. To force a narrative. They're, gro- they're there to groom your children. Oh, it's, yeah, there. it's 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 yeah, it's fucked up. I hate the term groomer, dude. And I earlier I called I called DeSantis a Nazi in jest, but I want to clarify that I don't actually think he's a Nazi. That word is thrown around way too much. Fascism. That's thrown around. Way yeah, too but much. fascism. Yeah, no, no, that is banning books that kids can't read is a hundred percent fascism. Hitler did do that. That's why I use the term Nazi. I don't think DeSantis is actually a Nazi. But banning free literature is what fascist countries do. You can't Whether it's the left or the right in our country, anyone that wants to ban any sort of free speech or any sort of literature. You can't call yourself an advocate for limited government and then exercise the power of the state. And that's exactly what Ron DeSantis is doing with some of this right. stuff. And that's what's so like, and that's, it goes like we were talking about Tim pool earlier. This is the problem that America has. Everyone's doing everything for clicks and likes and to, to get that 30 second video out there. He's doing this to grift, but he's not helping the country. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he's, yeah. he's, uh, Politically, though, politically, though, I think Ron DeSantis is fucking brilliant. I mean, you have, you have. This is, is he from, though? Yes, because he might have gone too far out. Nope, 
here's the thing. Here's what he's doing. He's doing what his base wants, which is fighting wokeism, which for me, of course, for me and you and Bell and most of our listeners, I would assume, is not enough. Like combating wokeism is not enough for me to support you in a presidential run. But here's why he's politically brilliant, because most of this country is fucking morons. He is completely letting the attacks from Trump, because Trump knows that DeSantis is his biggest rival in the Republican Party at this point, and he is letting it all roll off his back like water off a duck. He's not responding to any of it. He's just continuing business as usual, and and Trump can go out there and call him Ron DeSanctimonious or whatever his stupid nickname is for him. <laughs> politically, politically, Ron DeSantis has been quite brilliant when with regards to uh, his is a potential 2024 presidential run. Do I agree with him? Absolutely not. Would I vote for him? 100% no. But <laughs> from a political you, perspective, he's been quite brilliant. Do you think this took votes away from him? This? No. Well, in the state I, of Florida, maybe not on the national level, as evidenced by people like Jordan Peterson. Like Jordan Peterson is someone who has a cult following. Yeah, this is kind of what but I But he also has values. Because... He also has values. That's why I've yeah. never that's why I've never shit on Jordan Peterson. I've made disagreements with him. And we make fun of him. Yes. But yeah, like he's I he's, think he's he, he's a net positive. He's kind of lost it a little bit. I think so. But he's he's a net positive. I I don't have I don't know. Anyway, we got to move on. We're an hour in, buddy. Oh fuck. Uh-huh. <laughs> want to talk about an old man? You want to talk about an old man screaming in a cloud? Sure. So we watched the State of the Union. So should we just... uh, So I had this idea right before the show started. um, Are we going to have time? That we uh, read... I'm sorry, I got distracted. My buddy just texted me and he goes, Hey, my my buddy... Or hey, my buddy that owns a store has six bottles of Eagle Air, $60 a bottle. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, all right, well, guys, have a good one. Show's over. I'm going (laughs) to... It's not. It's not too bad, but it's uh, still a little overpriced. But I was thinking we could read our script basically here of the State of the Union. Do you have your phone on you? Because uh, we were all texting. I can just read it. Well, I figured we could all read our parts. <laughs> I thought take, that'd be kind of funny. It's gonna take Bell forever to get back to his spot where he where he started. <laughs> the, the point, the po- whole point of this is, the State of the Union was so unbearable to watch that I think the text thread between myself, Corey, and Bell was better than the actual State of the Union as we were watching the State of the Union, because this was just an old man yelling at a cloud. While you guys get to where you need to be, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just give my quick opinion on this speech. It's real short. Uh, Joe Biden got in front of the country and he lied. And then Republicans in the coming days after lied about what he lied about. My biggest example here is his, his, uh, his whole, the whole part of the speech with regards to Social Security. When are we ever going to get over this fucking argument 
about whether Republicans actually want to cut Social Security. Republicans cutting Social Security is the as is the Republican equivalent of uh, the left wing's Medicare for all. Okay, there is a there is a small faction of Republicans that believe we should cut Social Security, just as there is a small faction of Democrats that believes we should have Medicare for all. But the system does not want to allow for either of those things, which could be beneficial. Okay, so the right or Republicans, I I look to somebody like Rand Paul, who was interviewed by Brad Palumbo on Base Politics. If you haven't seen this, it's actually a pretty fantastic just 15-minute interview where Rand Paul is the only adult in the room that's actually quoted from Based Politics. I'm not even going to take that from them. Uh, where all he says is that we have to have a discussion about uh, Social Security. Because the, cur- the, the current system that it's under is going to become insolvent sometime in the next 10 to 13 years. And how do we know this? All you have to do is no basic math, which is that A... We have a baby boomer generation that is slightly larger or at least on par with the millennial generation. And you have Social Security, which is a program that transfers money from young to old, essentially. When you have when there's less young and more old, you're in trouble. Exactly. But not yeah, only that, you're most not implying people, that we need to just get rid of social security. Not at all. I not just at want all. to be clear. Not at all. <clears throat> but it, we definitely need to have a good faith conversation about this situation because we're setting out. ourselves up for failure. It does. I don't think that. I don't think, think any of us are going to see uh, social security. It does require reform, right? So when you have a situation where the math is really easy, more most people take more out of social security than they ever paid in. The math shouldn't be that hard. If that goes on for too long, the program becomes insolvent. And when the program becomes insolvent, then we're all fucked. Then there, then yeah. everybody gets cut. So, so do why doesn't think- it make sense? Why doesn't it make sense to have these reforms take place right now to keep the program alive and for you and me it, and keeping it solvent? Yeah, hundred percent. But when you so, say that, what happens, Corey? What happens when you say that? Oh, you don't you care about add- old people. You hate yeah, old you people. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, that's it goes back to what you were saying earlier of how just polarized the country is because of the fact that like you even mention it, it's it's one of those things that's like untouchable. You you're not even allowed to uh, to talk about it. Um one thing I could think could solve the problem in the short term is maybe raising the cap because right now I think it's $300,000. If you make like you only pay on your first $300,000 you make in a year of social security and anything you make after that, you don't pay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know there's pitfalls to that because then you're saying that someone who makes more is paying a shit ton more into it. And that person who's making a shit ton more money, isn't he going to even need to rely on it? So there's pros and cons to it. Um, my personal thing, I really think it's pulling the rug out on people and it's, and that's my, my empathy really like creates a cognitive dissonance and my idea of how I think I can solve this issue. Well, you can. And that's the thing is, but I think think what we should be able to do is us are going to have to figure this out. All we all, but we know there's a problem. 
I honestly think that there should be a government instituted, like maybe a bond program or a, like a, like a, a stock market program to where you put your money into a trust fund because overall, like history shows or IRA. Yeah. Like an IRA, like history shows that 401ks, IRAs just do better. And if you put that same amount of money into an IRA over 40 years, versus social security, you are going to be sitting at a very, very nice spot when you retire. So should should I should I give you the uh, libertarian argument on this? You should know this better than me. This shouldn't be forced. I know it. Would would you okay it's not even, <laughs> it's not even really an argument. It's more of a question. If the federal government came to you and said, we can keep doing Social Security the way it is. You pay in, you retire, you collect after you're 65. Or we'll give you every dime you ever paid into this and you never have to pay into it again, but Social Security is gone. Which one are you taking? I'm taking the latter. Give me my money back. Yep. Give me my money. And then be able, be able to take the chance. And we'll See, just, so, and we'll just, we'll just so go, this, oh, we're sorry, talking about a whole this never happened. Shift. It never happened. So we're talking about a whole societal shift. If you're going to do something like that, then you need to institute classes where people know how to properly do financing and stuff like that. I want to share Grendel's scars. He goes, force a 15% retirement investment strategy. If you pay in, you get a retirement. If you don't, sorry. So he's kind of on the same page you are here. Yep. Oh, and welcome to the show, Grendel. Make sure to like, follow, and share. Uh, we're here typically every Wednesday. But uh, you might have been on the show before. I kind of recognize the name. <laughs> He's Actually, already forgot. Corey already forgot. <laughs> but yeah, he says force a 15% uh, investment strategy. If you pay in, you get a retirement. If you don't, sorry. That's a very libertarian stance right there. Well, yeah. It, but he, 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 you know, he put it as force, but not really. You're not forced to do it. Give, make it as. Well, a- I think he's for, like, you force that idea. I mean, well, isn't, isn't that basically the concept of a 401k? Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, but it's in lieu of all of that money taken off for Social Security. It gets put into a private investment. Well, would you be able to take a loan out from it? Would you be penalized? All that, you know. Ooh, you so that's a good questions. question because with 401k, you can. Not if there's a fair tax. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, then this would be an optional thing on top of the fair tax. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But you're only going to be taxed on that money once. So, as it should be. But anyway, state of the was there any, uh, we don't have to read our text from the state of the union. We I mean the, the the social security was one big part of the state of the union where uh to me Biden just lied. You know, he he did that th- he did the thing that that a, that a democratic establishment president always does and he, he goes, was he, he goes he goes Republicans are trying move. Republicans are trying to take your social security and they just they really aren't they never really have been. There's always a faction of Republicans that want to do that. But it's right, but true. I think what he did was was like politically a, still a decent power play. When we're talking about eyes on the screen, you know, like the only people that pay attention to a lot of politicians, like tweets and stuff like that, are people who are interested in politics. People who aren't necessarily interested in politics still watch the State of the Union. I didn't look. Will you look up the viewership real quick of how many people actually watch the State of the Union? Um, because there was a lot of eyes on that TV for that and he got the republicans 
which is interesting, which this is also interesting because, and I'll explain this afterwards, but uh, he got the Republican Party to stand up and applaud the idea that they are not going to touch Medicare. So he squared that away. But, the, but so, Corey, but, like, I'm not going to say I'm what not he did. Him, go ahead. Go ahead. I'll, I'll, 27 million people watched Biden's uh, second SOTO address. Big, big viewership decline from last year. Wow. <laughs> that's, still, that's not a lot. That's of still, people, that's dude. almost 10% of the country. Dude, that's all. That, um, you know what that is? That's all of LA County. That's what that is. <laughs> but, but what he, but what he did was people. in making them do that. Let's compare to that. To, let's compare that to the Super Bowl next week. Right. But what he did in doing that is he, uh, he pulled away a political talking point in the 2024 election. He pulled the rug out from a democratic talking point because now the Republicans go, didn't you see us all applauding? Obviously we're not for this, but Corey, nobody's going to run on that. Republicans don't run on polling social security. No, but I was saying Democrats will, but now Republicans have that fodder to go, well, you saw us all stand. We're obviously not against it. Right. But everybody knows that. I, I, I no, don't know. Everyone I'm, I'm doesn't not, know that. I'm not. I mean, well, it's uh, maybe I'm not. Maybe million I, people know that. Maybe <laughs> now. Maybe, now. Maybe I'm naive. <laughs> now. <laughs> may, may, maybe I'm naive, or maybe I just maybe I'm giving too much. Maybe I'm giving too much credit to the American public. But it, 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 it this never give them enough credit. Always <laughs> give them credit. Well, yeah, that's true, and we talk about that a lot on this show. Like people aren't as stupid as they seem. Or as as like the internet would have you believe they are. Yeah, it's it's it, it falls into the whole noisy, not numerous trope to where it's like just because the majority of America isn't noisy about politics and freaking out about every single thing, every single thing, doesn't mean that they can actually use the fucking little beam between their eyeballs and their ears. I guess I'm just I guess I'm just not willing to give Biden credit coherent for that. Thought. I'm not giving I'm not willing to give Biden credit for you know getting. It was a good po- political power move. We were given DeSantis po- political power. Uh, no, uh, fucking acknowledgement. <laughs> you already lose. You already lost your thought. Words. You know me. <laughs> me and words. <laughs> fucking language. You made this shit up. I'm just. I'm just not willing to give give Biden credit for that because when when you have. You have Marjorie Taylor Greene, who basically was dressed up like the white Cruella de Vil. Cruella de Vil or the White Witch of Narnia, like running through fucking the Capitol building with a Chinese <laughs> with balloon balloons, in her hand. She's, because she's a fucking moron. But what she did was she like they showed her standing up and yelling liar when he was talking about the social security stuff. And I, I am almost never willing to give Marjorie Taylor Greene credit for anything, but she was right because he was lying. He was lying about what Republicans feel about social security. No, right, none of them are trying to cut it other no, than the select some of them few. Are. It's, I, it's maybe one out of like 218, but, but there are ones who say we need they to always get the clout. But it's the squad's version of Medicare for all, where it's like, yeah, yeah, it's it, there it's and we're going to, yeah. it's, it's there and we're the going to talk there's about it. Four of them. There's four of them saying we need Medicare for all. But it's, and the Republicans paint all the Democrats as saying that. And yeah, and the they're Democrats wrong when they doing do the that. Same thing. I'll and, give you that. Yeah, 100%. And they're wrong when they do that. It's, it's just it's just stupid. It, it, like, it's just, why can't it just ever be don't lie? Like, why do you have to lie to 
to make your political points. And, and like Biden's not alone. I mean, Trump did it. Obama did it. George Bush did it. Go go back as far as you want to go. Yeah, Biden was doing this thing that he pulled right out of Obama's playbook saying the economy is great. <laughs> Everyone, everyone's doing great. Oh, God, yeah. And like, you know, like and that's one thing that frustrates me when they talk about the unemployment rate. No one talks about the job participation rate. Not to mention the amount of old people that retired during COVID. Thank God. So it's like one of those things where it's like we the do raw, need jobs for younger people. But. Like the raw number is correct, right? So you look at what I can't remember what it was yesterday. Three point seven. Well, that's why numbers are deceiving. Sometimes. Super low, but it's like yeah, that that number looks fantastic. But what is the explanation behind that number? And and that's because what these politicians swath do. Of the country just isn't in the job market looking for jobs. And that's what these politicians do. They just throw out the raw number. Everyone does it. The left and the right. Like for example, we talk about how. Uh, like, oh, you know, when it comes to police killings, you know, and they say, well, it's, uh, you look at the numbers, more white people are killed by cops than black people. And it's like, true. That's a true number. Black but people are also 13% of the population. Black people are also 13% of the population. Yeah. And when you do the ratio, then like, <laughs> if you added that ratio to the white people, then they would be this exorbitant number. It'd be absolutely <laughs> insane. You know, it's like, oh, oh, the black community is violent you know 80 percent of black people are killed by black people and it's like oh well 90 mm, percent of white people are killed by white people and so like numbers are deceiving I when you take them out of context on things like that switch gears here but it's still a, it is it's still a uh it applies um, to joe biden biden being prime. my question is where was clarence thomas oh at the state of the union he wasn't there i seen that Good question. <laughs> All the other ones were, but Clarence Thomas wasn't. Wasn't. I didn't look into it, but his, that was just one question his, I had. His wife wouldn't let him go because she was afraid that he might, you know, catch whatever woke virus is flying through through that through that and room. And then, uh, <laughs> what was up with uh, Dr. Jill Wife Biden kissing Doug Emhoff, Kamala Harris's do you, husband, do you actually, on the lips? Do you actually care about that? They're old people. It was just, it was just like, what the fuck? Yeah, well, yeah, but it wasn't even like that weird thing that, like, it's so kissing on the cheek isn't really something that the American culture does. But there's a bunch of European cultures and South American cultures that, when they see each other, you know, they do that on the side of the lip to show affection. That, like, hey, I care about you. It was a straight I mean, smack they, on I the lip. I didn't see it. Were they like making out? I didn't see it. No, but it was it was a straight <laughs> lip to lip contact. Where to where me and my wife were like, "What was that?" My wife made a joke and said, "Well, you know, they're all fucking having orgies next, anyways." Next, so. t- next time we get together, I'll kiss your wife on the lips. You kiss my fiance on the lips, and we'll just see how it feels. Did I just get invited to a swingers party? <laughs> You gotta bring your keys, dude. It's a key party. <laughs> just throw your keys in the bowl. We're just gonna do a little peck on the lips. We're just gonna do some wife swapping. Ben Shapiro and Matt Walsh would not. We approve. got the weird chair in the corner for Bell to sit in to watch. <laughs> no, I about to thank you for not inviting. <laughs> um, one thing that pissed me off was uh, again the the BS partisanship and polarization we see in our our uh, Congress that like. Biden said he wants things built in America. He wants everything built in America. He was talking about a segment of how uh, anything that the federal government does when it comes to infrastructure or anything like that has to be made in America. It doesn't have to be made anywhere else. But he said built in America. And the Repub- and the Democrats all stood up and they all cheered and they clapped, you know, and they're giving their, woo 
you know, cheers. And the Democrats were all sitting. Republicans. Republicans. Or Republicans. Yeah. Republicans were all sitting. Three fucking years ago, in Trump's last State of the Union address, when he said that damn near the same exact fucking thing, all the Republicans stood up and cheered, and the Democrats all sat there on their asses with these sour puss faces on, like, mm, I can't believe he said that. I'm glad you brought that up, because that's one of the reasons we do this show, is to make yeah. people understand that that establishment Democrats and establishment Republicans are, are the two wings same of the same goddamn bird. Fucking people. They do the same shit during all of this. Because I, I go, let's say let's say Biden hopefully doesn't run, but loses in 2024. And this and whether it's Trump or DeSantis or whoever the fuck the Republican president is, I'm going to imagine it's going to be one of those two guys comes up and says the same thing that Biden said on at, 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 his, at his State of the Union a few nights ago. Like you just said, Biden said the same thing Trump said. Whoever the next Republican president says the same thing Biden said. And the opposition sits and stands. Just all you have to do is pay close just attention. Stupid. Just pay. Oh, you don't even have to pay close attention. Just pay. I was actually attention. surprised at how many times the Republicans actually stood up. I mean, but were they rhinos, Corey? <laughs> yeah, they were all just a bunch of goddamn They're rhinos. just a bunch of rhinos. And oh, another thing I want to mention is how how much uh, McCarthy actually is following into this role of leader for the Republican Party. Because there was a point where a bunch of Demo- Republicans were out there. I keep calling them interchangeably the same name because they are the same. But <laughs> <laughs> the Republicans were, were, yeah, the Republicans stood up or... Biden said something and Republicans were starting to like, you know, scoff and hiss, you know, and give their boos and stuff like that. And you saw McCarthy in the background, just mouth like, shh, he didn't actually say it, but you saw him just like go, shh. Mm-hmm. And they all did. And I thought that was interesting. And then what else do I have? He's got oh yeah. No, McCarthy's a shill. You're not wrong. Grendel Skull said McCarthy's a shill. But they're all shills. They're, yeah. all, they're all pieces of shit in our book. Is he more of a shill than Pelosi? I think Grendel would probably yes. say no. <laughs> uh, no, it's... Oh, no, you think you'd probably say no? Yeah, it's, it's, it's fucking close. Um, what Two things that I have that I think that... Uh, or there's three things. The, uh, the junk, the junk uh, fee act that Biden wants to enact. Just hidden fees and things like that, whether it's like ticket by prices, um, having to pay extra to sit next to your kid on a plane and different things like that. Like some of that makes a little bit of sense. Like I could see that bill going in the wrong direction real fast and then just becoming a uh, a, a speed bump for free markets. But you didn't want to talk about Kirsten Cinema's Big Bird outfit. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. We should have mentioned Kristen <laughs> Kirsten Cinema's uh, Big Bird outfit and like sitting next to dude, Mitt Romney. I, dude, I, I was looking at hers and Marjorie Taylor Greene's outfits and thinking how their outfits alone probably cost a month a month's salary of the average American worker, and they're out here making these videos saying I'm just like you. <laughs> and then, well, the, the the thing that's worse about cinema is it like is at least Marjorie Taylor Greene you know exactly what she is. She's just uh. A, a you know somebody grifting off of off of ridiculous right wing ideology and then but Kirsten Cinema is like this uh, 
she's like kind of pretending to be centrist, pretending to be independent, but what she really is is essentially uh, going with whatever side benefits her. She's not actually an independent. She doesn't actually care about class warfare. She doesn't actually care about, you know, a Democratic base or a Republican base, and which, which leads me to believe she will probably lose her next election. But she's she's trying to do the John McCain thing, right? She's trying to be like this liberal Arizonan conservative, or actually, I guess I should say she's trying to be a conservative liberal since she was technically with the Democratic Party until recently. But she was trying to be she was trying to be oh, like yeah, the Democratic right. she version. Went independent. Yeah, she was trying to she's trying to be like this Democratic version of what John McCain was. Let's talk about that real quick. Just a real little footnote of how many people in the last couple of years have left their parties and went independent on both sides. Who's that besides Kirsten Cinema? Uh, Tulsi Gabbard, uh, Justin Amash. Those are actually the only ones I could think of. Those but. are two, I mean, those <laughs> all, all three of them. Ones. Those, all three of them, Dan. Those are also. Those are also. <laughs> the, the two you mentioned are also not in Congress anymore. No, they're not. God, I would love to see someone like Justin Amash though become House Speaker. He was hoping for it. Man, that's the thing about libertarians, man. Just. You, you, you're you a bunch of goddamn dreamers. Oh, they all just try to out-libertarian each other. Dream. That's the thing. Is like To me, like, pure libertarianism. Cut my life into pieces. This is my <laughs> last resort. That's libertarians. Uh, uh, libertarianism, like in the purest form, looks great on paper. But it's so equivalent communism. to communism. <laughs> Because communism looks great on paper, but humans aren't going to like it's it's the same thing. You're trying to box everyone into this idea that they all think just like you. Uh, that's all I got to say about that. Uh, <laughs> and he looked at me like I was expecting more. I was like, no, no that's it. I, I want to talk. About, uh, I want to talk about the possibility the corporate Biden the corporate buyback stock tax that he wants to put in. I, I like the idea of it. Um, I guess where I'm at with that is if, and I guess this is why I'm okay with it because it does, it is more government uh, fingers and uh, private companies like bank account and stuff like that. But where I'm able to justify it is the fact that all of these big corporations get so much money in corporate subsidies that it's gross and they turn around and take this money and instead of paying their employees more like better money to where they don't have to rely on the government uh, for like welfare and stuff like that, they do stock buybacks. Isn't that where like you don't even have to worry about stock buybacks? Well, maybe you do because it doesn't really apply. But I, I was I was I was just going to go back to the fair tax thing. Maybe 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 you should have a fair tax along with I don't know regulating stock buybacks. But you're right about stock buybacks. It's 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 gross. It's fucking yeah, gross it's because gross. these companies they do like Walmart get like oh Walmart paid four point three billion dollars in taxes last year. It's like oh yeah that's great, but guess what? They got four point six billion back in fucking corporate subsidies. <laughs> and you know what they're doing with that money? They're buying their stocks back instead of paying, paying their employees more because they know that their employees are paid so little because daddy government's going to come in and fill in the gaps with welfare, food stamps, 
Section 8 housing and things like that. They don't have to pay employees good money because these employees can rely on the government to where you can just get rid of that type of shit. And then they have to all of a sudden go, oh, shit, we have to pay people money to actually work here to where they can actually have a fucking decent standard of living without having to rely on the government. And then you add the fair tax to that to where you don't get taxed on your income and you tax on what you consume. God, I want the fair tax. Everybody's happy. Everybody's happy. And it's so interesting because uh, folks folks on the cultural left will go, oh, it's it's not fair to... Uh, uh, it's not fair to to poor people to make them pay more for goods, but they they leave out the fact that their income isn't taxed anymore. They get right. to take home every dime they make. And right. yeah, tax theory, me what I spend, not what I make. I'm and, tired of looking at my check and seeing hundreds of dollars taken off the top. But in theory, or at least hopefully, like with most state income taxes, you don't tax essentials. You don't tax food. Yeah, there would obviously be different things that's like that. And I and I, I've also I picture in a perfect world a fair tax. There being different tax rates on different things. No, but people gotta pay twenty three percent more, Corey. Like that's what the Washington Washington Post would say. Completely That's roughly what I pay now off the top before I even spend it. Exactly. Money. Completely leaving out the fact that the IRS is now disbanded and you don't have to pay taxes on the money you fucking earned. It's well, just, that reminds me. Oh that's, god, that's, I just that's one of my up. one of my lightning roundups. That's you know fine. the best part about it is, though? Tell people us. don't become criminals and don't become felons and don't go to prison for not paying taxes. Right. Because they're now allowed to just take home whatever income they make. Whether, yeah, however you make it. it at the store. Like if I go out and I decide I want to have I want to sell pineapples by the side of the road. I don't have to then go in and be like, all right, government, give me a 1099 so I can tell you how much I made and how much I was supposed to be taxed on it. No, I just take the money that I made on the pineapples that I sold on the side of the road. Yeah, imagine how much more innovation they would be. On what I buy. If there was no overhead of payroll taxes and all of these other things just to start a business. Right. And if you're $150 off, $200 to $100, and the IRS agent that they have to pay catches that, you become a criminal. <laughs> yeah. But don't worry. Fine. They hired 87,000 armed agents. I wanted to talk real quick before we get to your lightning round, Corey, about. Well, I, I, I think we're still talking about the State of the Union, right? No, I, was, I, I changed it. I want to talk about Biden being fucking primaried. Oh, okay. All right. God fine. damn it, Corey. Whatever. We're not even paying attention to what's on the screen. Joke's on you. I'm bringing it back up on the lightning round. No, I'm just kidding. Shit about the State of the Union. It's just an old man yelling at a cloud. <laughs> I love how it, when he's trying to be passionate, it just sounds like he's yelling at kids to get off his lawn. <laughs> so, look. a boy. We got a dude in the comments calling for another revolution. You get taxed on your income. And, well, that's the point. Like, you're not taxed on your income anymore with the fair tax. <laughs> do, you, do you think that's all it would take, though, Grenda? Would it, let's just go and dress up like Native Americans and throw some tea in the river. Native Americans? It wasn't Native Americans. They dressed up like Native Americans. Oh, that's right. I thought you were were saying Native Americans were the ones that did the Boston Tea Party. No, no. We wanted people culturally appropriated. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. Corey and I do have founding fathers costumes. We'd be happy to get in on this. 100%. Uh, I wanted to talk about the possibility of Biden being primaried. 
because I had I I think I sent you guys I, I actually have it right here. Um, I sent you guys a text, a headline from the Washington Post. This is on Facebook. A a post ABC poll. Most Americans say Biden has not accomplished much since taking office. This is the Washington Post. Okay, this is a very establishment left publication. Which rumor has it it might be up for sale? Jeff Bezos is going to sell it. Yeah, you remember they, I, there was a there was a rumor going around that he might sell the Washington Post and buy the Washington Commanders. Ooh, that would be interesting. That would be culturally interesting. I'd much rather prefer that. So do the normal rich prick thing. There it Don't- is. Amer- Americans not feeling impact of Biden agenda. W- where was this one from, Bell? Oh, it's a paywall. This is Washington Post. That's fine. That's fine. I don't. We don't need to read it. But yeah, so that's Washington Post. And and the reason yeah. I'm getting into uh, the possibility of Biden being primaried is because we're seeing not just that Washington Post piece, but I've seen multiple others of like this uh, kind of planting the seed to Democratic voters of maybe we should consider somebody hey, maybe else. Maybe this guy's a heartbeat away from yeah, dying, maybe, and you're gonna you're gonna have Kamala Harris. Maybe we should consider somebody else, and that's the thing. That's what makes Biden a goddamn savior because the last thing you want is Kamala Harris. Dude, remember we said the, the same thing about Trump. Like, oh yeah, Trump's bad, but if he goes, then you have pets. dude. Okay, so okay, so how do I feel on February tenth, twenty twenty three? My choices are Joe Biden, Donald hey, Trump, Aubrey. Donald Trump. Kamala Harris or Mike Pence? Who am I taking? I might be taking Mike Pence. <laughs> <laughs> Out of those four choices, it would honestly be between those four horrible choices, it would be a toss-up between Biden and Pence because at least Biden is just kind of maintaining the status quo and let's get us to where the next the next place is. Yeah, uh, Pence has some real war, war hawkish tropes to him. Where Biden so far, like, you know, Ukraine, it's it's interesting, you know, the, the, the margin keeps getting pushed. Now we're giving them tanks and now there's talks of F-16s where we know it's not a matter of when, but a matter of if. But as, deba- as much of the debacle was, Biden did end the war in Afghanistan. Yeah, it's, it's the one thing I give I him like- credit for. And it's the one thing he's been shit on for the hardest by the establishment Democrats. Isn't that interesting? No, it's not interesting. Well, I mean, it is, but it's 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 easy. Not, to it's explain. not surprising. No, it's easy it's to interesting, explain. Not surprising. It's easy to explain. And so, yeah, I I don't know. I the possibility of Biden being primaried, I'm rooting for it. But like, who who's going to primary him, Corey? What are we looking at? Are we looking at uh, Are we looking at uh, Amy Klobuchar? Are we looking <laughs> at Are we looking at uh, Pete Buttigieg? I oh, mean, Jesus Christ, I'm so frustrated that he moved to our state because you know he's going to try to get his hands on our politics. Wait, what? People Pete Buttigieg just moved to Traverse City. Moved to the, the cherry capital of the world. No. Yeah, yeah. he did. Bell didn't you know, know he's positioned to move here. Michigan's getting positioned to be like the state, essentially. Like, we got moved up to like the third or fourth state for primaries. Our economy's booming. I love it. I love it. Maybe it'll make our. Maybe oh it'll yeah, make our I show love grow. it. I love that. But like, Pete fuck Pete Buttigieg. Who is? <laughs> Grando just said, "I'm sorry." Pete, Pete Buttigieg <laughs> is, is, is moving here. Yeah. 
We yeah. already have Gretchen Whitmer. Yeah, it's it's which uh, even her I'm on the fence with. She uh her lack of oversight got a lot of old people killed, but I'm getting free college because of her. <laughs> and she is bringing a bunch of jobs here and yeah, it's weird. Like that's that's Gretchen Whitmer is a topic of its own. And so I mean and, and it just it so is the entire possibility of Biden being primary situation because who do you go with? Because you're not you're not going to go with a Bernie Sanders type. You're not going with anybody from the squad. And even if you did, you've you've they've already cucked out to the Democratic establishment anyway, which is what well, makes so the fucking issue with the actual so the actual leftists that matter that are actually saying the right things that are going on Tucker Carlson, <coughs> Jimmy Dore. Uh, it's not it's not something that's going to be an easy decision. I just. This idea that we're going to have either Trump or DeSantis, I, at this point I'd be leading towards Trump, and Biden in 2024, I'm just I'm just going to do what I did in the primaries in 2022, Corey. I'm just going to sit and watch. <laughs> I'm just going to watch. The most unlogistical person in the U.S. gets the top logistics job. And then as soon as he gets it, he goes on a three-month paid leave. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mean, meanwhile, meanwhile, fathers that work real jobs can't get, you know, two weeks yeah, off to I had to go back to work yeah. you know, I, was, I spent five days in the hospital with my wife when my son was born and then had a three day weekend because I was right at Labor Day and guess who was back at work after that me yeah you, meanwhile you have a newborn son at home that's now with a wife who actually gave birth to it and I'm not doing that as some weird trope against you know gay people or lesbians but they fucking adopted and they're making a ton of money he didn't have his husband at home with a gaping hole because they just pushed something. That was meanwhile, meanwhile, also when he when he took that leave, <coughs> we were going through one of the greatest uh, uh, crises when it comes to logistics in the history of this country. Yeah, yep. And all the trade routes were fucked up. And he's like, "All right, well, I'm having a kid, so I'll see you guys later." If you didn't know already, Corey and I, and I'm assuming Bell's on board with this. Fuck Pete Buttigieg. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's he's Operation yes. uh, Operation Mockingjay type shit, man. He's a psyop, CIA. Operation Mockingjay was it? J or was it Mockingjay or Mo- no Mockingjay is the is the uh, uh, movie. Yeah, I was Hunger yeah. Games. The, yeah, the he's Mockingjay. The Jennifer Lawrence shit. And he's a psyop. <laughs> Yo, ho, ho, ho. Grendel says, uh, "I bet he got his baby formula." I'm sure he did. I'm he sure probably he did. did. Do you have anything else we want to talk about, Corey? I think that was the, that was all the main topics. Or do we want to get to our our new segment for the end of the show? Lightning round. What Corey didn't get to. <laughs> now he's struggling. Yeah, we to can find do that. It. I'm looking at what I have written down. <laughs> um. Okay, so recently, this is one I got real quick. So recently, one of the CDC spokespersons. I'm not sure how high up they were in the in the. Uh, in the CDC, but they're being questioned by Congress about masks. And they were asked if there was any studies to show that masks would actually prevent COVID. And the CDC responded with, no, we didn't do any studies or research because we assume they would work because they work for other things. (laughs) So they just didn't do any studies and they just threw shit at the wall to see what would stick. Now, 
my problem isn't in the message. It's in the messaging with that. It's the fact that the mask could have worked. It might not have worked. You know, I'm a huge proponent of trying to save lives. I'm a huge opponent of mandates of any sort. But if they would have came out and just said, like, hey, masks work for the flu, masks work for the common cold, masks work for all these other different respiratory viruses, we would like you guys to wear them because of the fact that it worked for this stuff, it should work for this. But instead, they came out with this definitive answer, like, oh, yeah, masks work. And if you're not wearing one, then you're killing grandma. <laughs> when we now know that, that, as evidenced by how many people actually died in America because of COVID, uh, they clearly didn't work as well as we thought. And all that really did in the long run was hurt the institutions to where if we have another virus or something like that happen, where masks might actually fucking work. <laughs> if they come out and say, wear a mask, we're going to lose millions of Americans because of the fact that they're just not going to trust them. Because they lied. Yeah. I have a family member who lost their job because they weren't properly wearing a mask and a couple took a photo of them and sent it to corporate. Over what is now as is pretty evident was bullshit in the first place. Well, that's, I mean, that's, that's what science is now, right? It's just whatever the mainstream says it is. And another thing I have is, uh, so we're doing lightning rounds, Dan. I don't want your response. I'm I'm doing a lightning round. I'm going to give you a fucking response. I'm part of this show too. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. You can respond. I was, I was, I was just, I was just going to say really quickly that, that, uh, that's that's become the issue with science. Like the reason people don't trust science anymore isn't because science is any more relevant, but it's just because science has now been turned into Politicid. whatever politics and whatever the narrative is. So now the next time, like science is legitimate, and you and I might even be included in this, Corey. The next time science is is, is legitimate and something's real and something's I'm going to question and, it, and data is available. We might not believe it because you yeah, lied to that's us. The thing. This I'm going to question it in the yeah. very least. No matter what the government says at this point, I'm going to question. Go ahead. On your I also want to say that our little uh, back and forth there reminded me of a Seinfeld bit. <laughs> but, um, oh, I'm and then part of this show reporting. too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, tips reporting. So the IRS is creating this voluntary program to where companies can now report what they're in, in the service industry, like for waitresses and stuff, oh, they can God. report how much their employees are getting in tips to make sure they're compliant. So what we're now going to have to do is make all these people who are getting paid like three seventy five an hour, have to keep a hold of all of their fucking receipts to make sure they're on board and reporting their tips appropriately. Tip cash folks, tip cash. Yeah. Always tip cash, tip cash whenever you can. And then right on the, right on the actual receipt, zero, and even put a fuck you yeah. in there. But then explain to the waitress your reasoning. Don't just leave This is directed at the leave. IRS, not you, sweetheart. Yeah. <laughs> it's not for you, sweetheart. <laughs> um, what else do I got here? Oh, trans activists stormed the Oklahoma Capitol building. Was it a, uh, was it, was it a violent coup? I don't know. It looked like it's about as violent as... January 6th. I don't know. Actually, January 6th was pretty violent. It looks like they, they, they wasn't, they, they kind of just probably just let them in like they did on January 6th. But, <laughs> but it's just, 
the lack of coverage in the news about it. Like I had, it was a hard time even finding any left wing outlets that covered it. And so I just thought that was frustrating because it's like, oh, capitals get all the time because this is the January 6th wasn't the first time a capital was stormed. There was times before that and there's been times after that, but that one, because it's politically beneficial is, is the one they're on the right side. You're on the right side of history, Corey. Violent coups um, are okay when you're on the right side of history. Right. Uh, what do I have here? I'm going through all of my notes because I get a you second to, to actually talk them, about Corey. something. I gotta go. Get I guess drunk that, with my that's neighbor. it. That's all I have right now. <laughs> I gotta go get drunk with my neighbor. We gotta, we gotta, we gotta kill this deal. This was a, this is a, a fantastic episode. Hope all, hope all of our new listeners enjoyed it. All of our new Twitch viewers, Corey. Uh, before we go, tell the people where they can find us. Yeah, Libservative Podcast is found on all social media and podcast platforms. Our website is libservativeshow.com. We can be found at Libservative on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch, Instagram, and Twitter at Libservative Pod. Our TikTok videos can be found at Libservative Podcast, and you can reach out directly at libservativepod at gmail.com. Subscribe today. And since this is the end of the episode, and not necessary for the live stream, but if you're listening on the podcast before you hop into your next podcast make sure to give us a little five-star review mm. just, a little, just a little just a little little bit of love you know just just a little little bit of pillow talk give us a little bit of love mm. <laughs> <laughs> i'm hard just hearing you talk about it and a special thanks to our googler extraordinaire slash producer slash whatever yeah this actually went really well we're, yes, we're falling into the slash, fold real quick here slash whatever uh title we decide to give him in the future bell the body snatcher i, I think you called him a bitch last week <laughs> bell the body snatcher say, awesome but <laughs> they're behind the producer they're behind he's I just the only I, we keep saying Jamie from the Joe Rogan podcast because there isn't a definitive title for a podcast for that role. <laughs> that he's just he's our Jamie. We'll figure and it he out. Did, and he did a damn good job. He is always is Corey Walsh. And he's Dan Griffin. This has been and that's Lib- Bell. That's Bell. Then this has been Libservative. And until next time, we are out of here. Peace. We the people cannot stand that.